U.S. Ambassador to China Nicholas Burns says the U.S. wants to reopen talks with China, but that Taiwan is a key issue that must be resolved peacefully. Burns was speaking via video conference at an event of the Stimson Center think tank. He emphasized that if war were to shut down the Taiwan Strait, there would be a severe impact on the global economy. This is what he said. Any resolution of the cross-strait differences has to be peaceful uh, because that's the right thing for us to be saying because that's the only possible way that this is going to be resolved on a fair basis, this long-time dispute. And because, um, of course, the Taiwan Strait is a critical international waterway, were it ever to be closed because of force of arms, it would have a major impact on the global economy, on container traffic, and on all the major economies that are in this part of the world. Burns said the U.S. would continue to provide defensive weapons to Taiwan in accordance with the Taiwan Relations Act. He said the U.S. also wants to stabilize its, quote, complicated relationship with China, calling for better and deeper channels of communication between the two governments. But he said at this point he was unable to predict when re-engagement with Beijing would occur. Thumbs up. Very good. At the Taiwan U.S. Defense Industry Forum, the spotlight was on former U.S. Marine Corps Forces Pacific Commander Stephen Rudder, who led a delegation of 25 American defense contractors. The defense industry is a key area for Taiwan-U.S. cooperation. As a trusted partner in the global defense industry, Taiwan welcomes every opportunity to join forces with American businesses. Rupert Hammond Chambers, president of the U.S.-Taiwan Business Council, urged stronger defense ties between Taiwan and the U.S. on the basis of a trusting partnership. And our delegation um, is here to talk about partnership with Taiwan industry on the basis of trust. We want to be part of the self-defense capabilities of Taiwan. We want to make sure that the supply chain resilience and that Taiwan preserve, we can preserve and expand Taiwan in the international space. And then focus on deterrent and resilience. Rudder said the U.S. was committed to ensuring Taiwan's asymmetric capabilities to create a deterrence value. He said the ultimate goal was achieving joint interoperability to communicate and coordinate with each other within C4ISR, an automated battle management system. The U.S. is also looking to deepen collaboration with Taiwan over drones. When it comes to our capabilities in drone systems, cybersecurity, and even asymmetric warfare, we can get the missiles and weapons that we need through Taiwan-U.S. industrial collaboration and by establishing production lines in Taiwan. This will be crucial for becoming self-sufficient in our defense in the future. Tomorrow afternoon, there will be a closed-door meeting specifically for drone collaboration between the two countries. The delegation's arrival sparked rumors that the U.S. had come to sell arms. Outside the forum venue, pro-unification groups held up banners in protest, prompting tight security measures throughout the event. A Chinese drone circled Taiwan in a clockwise direction on Tuesday, according to Japan's defense ministry. The drone set off from the East China Sea and crossed between Taiwan and Japan before heading south and returning to China via the South China Sea. The flight came less than a week after another drone circled Taiwan in a counterclockwise direction. 
Experts say the latest flight was meant to intimidate Taiwan, gather intelligence and test the capabilities of the PLA. Japan's defense ministry reveals that a Chinese drone had circled Taiwan, moving in a clockwise direction for the first time. Analysts say the drone was deployed in a gray zone tactic that had three objectives. The drone circled Taiwan as a way to apply gray zone pressure. It may also have been used to collect intelligence and to accomplish a PLA training mission. On April 27th, a Chinese TB-001 drone flew around Taiwan in a counterclockwise direction in the first ever encirclement of Taiwan. This time, the drone took a clockwise path starting from the East China Sea before flying between Taiwan and Japan's Yonaguni Island. It then continued south to airspace east of Taiwan before returning to China via the Bashi Channel. Japan scrambled aircraft to respond to the situation. Within the span of one week, Chinese drones circled Taiwan in both directions, marking an escalation in Chinese intimidation. I believe the military had the situation under control, but I think that the military won't disclose the extent to which it was able to control the situation. That in itself is a kind of intelligence, and it's classified. That way, China can only guess the extent to which our military can monitor their drones. The expert says Taiwan's military had a grasp of the situation and that it has a standard operating procedure for such scenarios. He says that last year, Jinmen soldiers shot down a Chinese drone that flew too close, making it clear where Taiwan's boundaries stand. Taiwan is seeing a surge in enterovirus infections. More than 10,000 people sought emergency care for the virus last week, an increase of 26 percent from the week before. The CDC expects enterovirus to classify as an epidemic next week, with the peak to come in June. Doctors warn that two enterovirus strains, the A71 and the D68, are spreading at the same time. They are both associated with severe symptoms. Their joint appearance could give rise to repeat infections even after vaccinations against one strain. Health officials say children especially should wash their hands frequently to prevent spread. Work and classes should be called off if infections are detected. Now we turn to a shift in labor trends in the hotel industry. Since the pandemic, hotels have faced an acute labor shortage. Across Taiwan, the industry has more than 200,000 jobs going with no takers. That's why one hotel has shifted its hiring strategy to a new demographic, the over 55s. To appeal to older job seekers, they're even promising to make jobs more flexible. But why would a retiree want to look for an entry-level job at a hotel? We spoke to some hotel staff to find out. Cutleries laid on a table. 62-year-old Ms. Huang had been retired for two months when she got this part-time job at a hotel. Ms. Jen, 57, cleans a table and lays out essential items. Another retiree who has come back into work, she says she feels happier in her new routine. I didn't have any work after I retired. I felt like my life at home was very small. So I decided to enter the job market a second time and go to work again. I feel more fulfilled this way and I'm happier. There are more than 5 million retirees over the age of 55 in Taiwan. This hotel chain has redesigned 90% of its job positions to make it easier for older adults to rejoin the workforce. 
There are positions, both front and back of house, where employees can select their conditions as if from a menu how many days a week, the time slots, the tasks they are inclined to and competent for. With a job where it's easy to memorize the details and it's simple and repetitive, you can quickly get used to the workplace and then you get more confident. Once you're confident, then you can go from part time to full time. The tourism industry is recovering after COVID-19, but there are still more than 200,000 job vacancies unfilled in the sector. Meanwhile, Taiwan's employment rate for over 55s is just under 59 percent, lower than in Japan or South Korea. That's why this hotel thinks that targeting older job seekers could be a way out of its labor crisis. Last Sunday, Paraguay overwhelmingly elected a pro-Taiwan presidential candidate despite China's efforts to sway the outcome. In new details released on Wednesday, Taiwan's intelligence bureau said China interfered in Paraguay's election by spreading fake news through non-traditional media. The National Security Bureau said Chinese state media reporters infiltrated Paraguay ahead of the election. The journalists produced news favorable to the pro-Beijing candidate Afrayin Alegre, and that content was distributed through news media. The bureau says it's formed a task force that will draw lessons from Paraguay to block Chinese from meddling in Taiwan's upcoming election.